And what I want to do today is uh, continue because this morning I started talking about something that I believe that's going to be a tremendous blessing uh, to uh, all of us because of what God has already done for us. You know, God has already given us all things. And, and then in the Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he has given us the Holy Spirit. Uh, let's go to that on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to start reading verse 9. We're going to read that down. We're going to show you something in verse number uh, 12, because he has given you the Holy Spirit. You can't know this book without the Holy Spirit. Now, God has given you a pastor, uh, and I talked about this morning. In, in colleges, you have a professor. Uh, in, the, in the church, you have a pastor. And the pastor teaches professors. All right, but may you understand that. All right, you, you can understand a professor is an academic scholar in, the high, in colleges. He's above the high school level. When you get to be a professor uh, in this church, we teach professors. All right, it's not a put down. A pastor teaches all men. All right, now what I want you to do is today, I want you to get into the word because I want you to learn the word, study the word, Put down notes, learn to take, you know, if you go to a high school or college, they're going to, you, you're going to take Bibles and books and pens and stuff. We, we serve all that stuff in the storehouse. That's why we make sure in the storehouse you can get pencil and paper and Bible because you can learn a lot, but a lot of time you want to jot down a note. That's why you should have pencil and paper in the Bible. All right. But at the same time, get the DVD, get the CD. Watch this service again this coming week on podcast. You know, just keep doing I do this to you all the time. I listen to my own message because if, they, I, if I can't learn from the word I minister on, God help me. All right. And I know you're getting that word in here. All right. Now, last week we taught on something last week. And last week's message dealt with uh, uh, two seeds. Now, I'm not going back to that, but you need to know that because I taught two seeds last week. And the reason why I did that, because the week before that, I said something to you. I said to you that what Jesus preached or fulfilled, Christ became. I need just a little volume on my, my mic. <clears throat> All right. Now, what today is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Our key verse is going to be verse number four. Verse four says, In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. So uh, the person that believe not is called an unbeliever. So in, we, we are talking about before the cross. We want to make sure we talk about that this morning. Somebody said before the cross. Right. Now, when Paul is writing this, He's writing to people that are before the cross. Uh, when I say before the cross, I, I shouldn't have said it. Before tribulation is the word I want. Uh, Christ has already died, of course. But before tribulation, say that with me, before tribulation. All right. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded, the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So we already told you what our subject is. Again, the gospel of Christ is the image of God. Say that with me, the gospel of Christ is the image of God. One more time, the gospel of Christ is the image of God. Now, I gave you two other things that the gospel of Christ is already. I want to make sure you put those down. 
I told you what the gospel of Christ is. Two more things I told you already. I gave you Romans 1.16. If you're taking notes, you want to put that down. We're going to show it on the screen. Just a touch. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. Now, I want to show this on the screen because we want the people who uh, watch this television broadcast, uh, wherever they are around the world, we want them to know we're not just saying something. The book of Romans chapter 1. You say, I'm not ashamed. It's on your screen. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Told you the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it. All right. So the gospel of Christ, said the gospel of Christ, Christ. is the power of God. Right. Now that's just one thing. And then I gave you 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 2. I'm sorry. Chapter number 1. Verse 18 and 24. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, a lot better. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's start reading verse 17. Because, you know, you got people still believing baptism. Now watch what God says. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made a non-effect. So otherwise, Paul said, if I preach water baptism, the cross of Christ, I make the cross of Christ a non-effect. Now, if you read it out of another translation, it says the cross of Christ will lose its power. All right? If I preach something else beside the cross. Then in verse number 18 says, for the preaching of the cross is of them that perish foolishness, but on us which I say, it is the power of God. Say the gospel of Christ is the power of God. Right. And now we're going to go down and look at verse number. We're just going to read it down to verse 24. Let's read 19. It is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. This is how God does it. He destroys the wisdom of the wise. Then he said, Where's the, where, where are the disputers of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. Even though man had wisdom, he still don't know God with that wisdom. And then in verse number uh, 21, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom know not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The Bible told you how man would be saved. By the foolishness of preaching. Preaching what? The gospel of Christ. See, you can't preach faith, and I love faith. Faith is, is God's word. You receive. Everything God has given you has a purpose. Faith purpose is to receive what God has already provided. That's what faith is for. I don't preach faith. I preach the cross. I preach Christ. And then I don't preach prayer, although I pray. I love to pray. I pray for you daily. But I don't preach prayer. I preach Christ. I can't get you saved, I preach prayer. I can't get you saved, I preach faith. I can only get you saved if I preach Christ. Do everybody understand that? The Bible says, Romans 1, 16, it says, Christ is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says in verse 21, For after that the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. Preaching what? Christ. To save them that believe. Your job is to believe. And then verse 22, for the Jews require a sign, Greeks seek after wisdom, 
But Paul said, we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greek foolishness. But unto them which are called, and that's, that's us, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. So I gave you three words. Today, my message will take the next word. Christ is the power of God. Christ is the wisdom of God. Today, we are preaching the gospel. Christ is the image of God. Now, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4. Said, said the gospel of Christ is the image of God. Now, 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 how do you, why should you preach the gospel of Christ? Nobody can be saved without the gospel of Christ. I just want to make sure you understand that. So when people are telling you that Jesus is going to come again, they are telling you, first of all, this is their theory. Let me show you their theory. Their theory is now we have, my, my point is, I'm going to show you the problem is they got the dispensations wrong. The dispensation you are in, according to Ephesians chapter 3, we gave that to this morning. I'm not going back to read that again. This is the dispensation of grace. Say, this is the dispensation of grace. I gave you Romans 6, 14. You are not under the law. You are under grace. So you are under the dispensation of grace. Now, what do that mean? God has put us back into his grace. What does that mean? I mean, Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, Adam fell from grace. So Christ came to put man back in grace again. Now grace means there is no law. So Romans chapter 8 told you that. Look at verse number. Let's just start reading Romans 8 and 1. See, the Bible told you what the word is. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free. So in Romans chapter 1, it said, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. That's us. Now, you may say, I'm not in Christ. Well, you haven't received it. But God put all men in Christ at the cross. See, this is why you have people teaching universal salvation. And they'll tell you, well, everybody say they can just come in just like they are. They don't need Christ. No, you need to receive. See, you got what God did for you Mixed up with what you're supposed to do. Yeah, God did save everybody. God died on the, Christ died on the cross. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. Verse 17 says, And for God sent not his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So God sent Christ to save you. But you are not saved just because he saved you. You have to now receive the salvation that he has provided. Do you understand? Right. You have to now do what? Receive the salvation that has been provided for you. And the way you do that is believe the gospel. Now, you just can't believe somebody preaching faith and get saved. And that's what people are doing. They're going to church where people are preaching water baptism and they think they can get saved. You can't get saved if I preach water baptism. I just showed you that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, 19, 20, 21. Just got to reading, 22. It's the foolishness of preaching. God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them they believe. So that's why Paul's ministry was so powerful because Paul's ministry can save the unbeliever. 
You can't get faith unless the gospel of Christ is preached. Let me say it again. You can't even get faith, not God's faith, unless the gospel of Christ is preached. So then faith come by, you've read that Romans 10, right? So then faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Until Christ is preached, you can't even get faith. Romans, the, the Bible told you in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, after he told you Christ is the power of God in verse 16, and then verse 17, he said, in, Therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, and the just shall live by faith. You can't get faith, faith is revealed. When you preach Christ, say, when, when you preach Christ, God's righteousness is revealed. Say, when you preach Christ, God's faith is revealed. Right. Everything is revealed to you when Christ is preached. Healing is revealed to you when Christ is preached. So let's get into today's message. The gospel of Christ is the image of God. All right. Now this morning, I, I got into something. I told you what image is. I gave you three words. Number one is representation. So this is why Christ is the express image of the Godhead bodily. Because Christ is God's representation when he came in earth. Otherwise, he represented God. So for you to say, I'm a Christian, is to say, I represent God. You are saying this is what God is like to the unbeliever. So think about what you're saying because there's the other side, which is called idolatry. So idolatry is, is a demonic image proclaiming to be like God. So when he talked about the devil will come and set up his, his image in the temple saying he's God, that's what an image does. See, an image is made from somebody's imagination. That's why they call image. They spend millions and millions of dollars building a center called the image center. Because to have an image, you have to have an imagination. It's just my imagination. <laughs> See, you hear all these songs, but you don't know what you're hearing. So you have to understand that's all an image is. Somebody's imagination created an image. So God created you with his own word, his imagination. So when Adam came into the earth, it was God's representation in the earth. He represented God. That's why Adam named all the creatures in the earth. He had the power of God to do it. He had the wisdom of God to do it. And he was God's image in the earth. Now it's your turn. You've been created in God's... Let me just go to these. Let's go look at Ephesians 4, 23. Ephesians chapter number 4. Verse 23 and 24. From here, we're going to go to Colossians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 4. So you have to understand this has now happened to you. 
But what happened is because we don't know the word, we don't know how to live. So we go hear somebody over here preaching faith and we think that's how we're supposed to live. We ain't living by the word. You got to get faith before you can live by faith. Ephesians 4 and 23. Watch what it says. First he said, put off the old man. But in verse 23 says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now that's what happened to you when you got born of the spirit. See, being renewed in your spirit of your mind, not the, it's not I can learn all the scriptures I can learn. I'm renewed in the spirit of my mind. Unless you have the Holy Spirit, you are not renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, once Christ comes inside of you, he brings his mind with him. Just like when you was born of Adam, guess what? You got the mind of Adam. That means you think like Adam think. Ephesians 4 and 24. And that you put on the new man. It's really the new man. And that you put on the new man. Watch this. Which is, which after God is created in righteousness. So the, the new man that God has you to put on, which is Christ, he's already renewed in righteousness. He's already the power of God. He's already the wisdom of God. See, he's already God's image. And then you saying, I have that in me, then why can't you live like God? That's what you're supposed to be saying. You're saying, I got God's wisdom in me, I got God's power in me, I got God's knowledge in me, I got God's spirit in me, I got, uh, hey. But I'm living like somebody else. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness, and watch this, true holiness. See, it's not a game. You don't, have to, you don't have to practice being holy. You are holy. But you can't live holy unless holy is in here. Because that's who God is. So let's go see another one. Colossians chapter 3. See, if you created in God's image, then why ain't you living like it? Why don't we see, why don't we see it? Or is there two of you? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, it's just your imagination. <laughs> Colossians chapter 3. See, we grew up on that kind of stuff. That's why they had that. <laughs> yeah, it was our imagination, wasn't it? Colossians chapter 3. All right, this same thing he's going to tell them. Look, at, let's start reading down in verse number 10. And uh, in verse, verse 8 said the same thing, put off the old man. Then in verse 10 said, Colossians 3, 10, are you there? Okay, and have, and have, and have, and have. When you got saved, you and have put on the new man. Once you got saved, you have put on the new man. This new man is renewed in knowledge. My point is, you got the new man inside of you and still you don't know the word. Yet the new man in you is renewed in knowledge. See, you're not fellowshipping with the person in here. See, going to church is not like it used to be. We 
used to go to church because we can be able to go back home and put our clothes off and say, I've been to church today. That's really not why we're supposed to have been going. You're supposed to find somebody who knows the Bible. See, it's just like going to school. Why do you go to school? Why do you go to college? We got a lot of graduates in here. Stand up on your feet. You graduate this year. All you graduates. We're going to honor, we're going to honor our graduates this year. Stand up on your feet. You graduate this year. You are a graduate this year. You're a graduate. You got to understand. Okay, we just want to honor you. We're going to, you can have your seat. But you got to understand, if you are graduating now, you have a portion of knowledge that you have gotten by going to school. And then you probably will continue your education. Or you may continue education again. But all the education you get, you're getting what you call a degree of education. Everything you're going to learn that they're going to pay you for is based on your degree. Everything. I saw my sister coming here today with her stand-up back. She got her, her black on. It's all, she got her do on. Stand up. She just got her, I think, stand up on your feet. I'm going to put the camera on you. That's one of my daughters there. That's one of my girls. That's one of my girls. Don't be ashamed. Now, you just got your what degree? Say that? Registered nurse. Just got her thing. So she had to go to school to get her, her degree so she can be able to be a registered nurse, so she can be able to make the money that go with that title. So you got to understand something. Coming in here is how you get your start. Because without him, you can't do that. And what people do is they don't want the word, but they want to be able to get fat. How high you want to go? Because this is the highest learning you can have. My job is to make sure you get this, this man, Christ, so when you go out into the world, you'll know how to represent him. That's what an image is, a representation of. So when people wonder why you don't do what they do, you have to be able to explain yourself. Because you got to let them know, I, I'm not here to represent me. I'm a representative of the kingdom of God. I'm not here to flow. I'm not here just to flow with all the other girls and flow with all the other boys. I'm not here to do that. I'm here because I'm an original. Do you know what an original is? I'm not a duplicate. I haven't been here before. This hadn't been done before. What I come to get, maybe some other folk never got it. But I've come here to set the standard to let people know I am an original. When you're an original, you're not coming to try to be like nobody else. You're a born leader. You're not coming here to follow the girls, to follow the boys. I'm a born leader. Somebody about to get in line. Because I know where I'm going. I know why I came here. I know what I came here to get. And all, everything else that comes in your life come to stop you from getting what you came to get. That's what you got to understand. And especially you came out of a situation where your 
mother and father has finances to help you to go to get what you got to get. Some of you, situation in your life, you were born and your parents left you. Somebody else took you and raised you. But God's going to pay for your education. Now watch, see how that works? That don't keep you from getting your education. Mama wasn't there for me, daddy wasn't there for me, but you know what? It's a part of my testimony. Because I got here anyway. I didn't have what she had, I didn't have what he had, but I got here anyway. And once I get my degree, I don't want to forget the God that made it happen. I'm giving you some counsel from the Most High. Somebody say amen. So God has put everything in you that you need. You're not going over there to go into school to get something. You're going to let people know what you got. You got you to gotta know what the word means to educate. When I come in here on Sunday morning, I'm not trying to get nothing from you. I'm coming here to let you know what I got all this week. That's why you have to sit under. That's why different colleges cost more than other colleges. We still believe in social distances in here. Thank you. Now, let's show you what we were talking about this morning. All right, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. If I can do your, you do your job, I can do mine. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 3, what we want to go to is verse 1 through 6. Why do I need to have the image of God in my heart? Why do I need it? Why do I need to come to church on a Sunday? Why do I need to hear the gospel preached? You can't change. See, this is one of the reasons why people go to church all their life and never change. They never sit under the word. Or they may be here sometime and somebody else church sometime. They never in the word. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse one. Do we begin again, Paul said, to commend ourselves, or do we need to other other epistles or commendations or to you or letters or commendation from you? You are our epistles, written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as you are manifested declared. To be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of a living God, not in tables of stone, but in flesh the tables of the heart. And such trust have we through Christ to God. With. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament. That's how I got to be a minister of the New Testament. He made us a able ministers, or he gave us the grace so we can do this. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. 
But if the, if the ministration of death written and engraved in stone was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not satisfactorily behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, whose glory was to be done away. See, I'm preaching Christ. The gospel of Christ is the image of God. Well, the gospel of Christ is the image of God means that the gospel of Christ is the glory of God. Only different in the gospel of Christ, in the gospel, I mean, and the law, the law lost its glory. See, when Moses came, where the people were, they looked in his face, his face shined. They saw his glory. But the glory faded away. The gospel of Christ is the glory of God, and it does not fade away. It goes from glory to glory. So if you get this word in you, and continue to get this word in you, you continue to shine. See, what the word does, it has its own glory. You just don't see it. The word of God in you illuminates you. You are a spirit. You are a light. You have a spirit in you. You have a light in you. Matter of fact, you have the light. And the more word you get in you, more that light in you shines. You don't see that, but you are really a light bulb. So when you walk in the midst of darkness, you are shining bright. You just don't see it. Because the light that's in you is not for you to see, it's for somebody else to see. That's why the Bible said, let your light show shine among men that they will see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. So you never have to worry. So when you walk in the midst of evil and darkness, they see your light. Evil spirits, unclean spirits, sees your light. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Bible said the God is world. Now, the God is world don't mean the God of the new covenant. The God's word means the person in responsibility, subjection. Who did God put the world in subjection to? Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2. In the book of Hebrews chapter number 2 and verse 5, you're going to see in the book of Hebrews chapter 2 that God did not put the world uh, the, in the dispensation of grace, in the trust, in the trust of angels, nor Satan. He did not put. He did not put that. And we don't understand. We don't think that Jesus Christ is in charge. Let's go to Hebrew chapter number two. In the book of Hebrew chapter two. And verse 5, are you there? We're going to go to the screen. It says, for unto the angels has he not put in, put in subjection the world to come. Now, what people hear this is, they don't know the world to come is here already. Amen. See, what people read this is, 2,000 years ago, Paul wrote this in A.D. 64. 
Paul was before tribulation. As a matter of fact, he helped started it. So you know he was during the time of tribulation. But the Bible says, Hebrew chapter 2, verse 5, for unto the angels he has not, somebody said not, not. right, he has not put in subjection the world to come, where uh, we speak, but one in a certain, certain place testifies, saying, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visited him? Now we know that's Psalm 8, right? What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visited him? Thou hast made him a little lower than the angel. Now that's what he went to the cross. Once he came here as a man, he, there's only three dimensions, and that's man, angel, and God. So what Jesus did, he came here below an angel as a man. He humbled himself. That means he was lower than an angel. So you must understand something. In God's creation, God took you from the bottom and put you on the top. That's why he said, you see, you don't understand it. That's why you still want to be a man. When you are not saved, you're a man. You're at the bottom. Human being is the lowest, lowest of God's creation. But when you're born again, God takes you from the tail. You were the tail. Now you're the head. That's what you got to understand. So as long as you still want to be in the flesh, you are the lowest of God's creation. Once you get born of the Spirit, He sets you in heavenly places in Christ. He sets you above principalities and powers and rulers and the doctors of this world. That's what He did for you. But you got, to, you got to understand, if you, if you don't allow God to, to live his life through you, then you would live your life in this world, and that's where we all messed up at. We want to live our lives. All right? So he did not put angels in subjection. Let's keep going. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 5, Thou made him a little lower than angel. That's when he was, came in the flesh. Thou, then after he rose, raised from the dead, then he crowned him. With glory and honor. See, I can show you all of this. And then you set him over the works of your hand. The new creation is the works of his hand. God set him over the works of his hand. God set Christ over the works of his hand. Then it says in the next verse, thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. God put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing that has not, he had not put under him. But now we see yet not all things put under him, but we see Jesus. Who was made a little lower than the angels. Why? For the suffering of death. He was made a man, lower than an angel. For the suffering of death, then he was crowned with glory and honor, and by the grace of God, he now should taste death for every man. That's what he did. He tasted death, tasted death for every man. He died for every man. So let's look at Hebrew, another one in Hebrew while we're there. So that was Hebrew chapter 2. Hebrew chapter 6. Now in Hebrew chapter 6, we want to read that out of NALT. Hebrew chapter 6. I want to read six verses out of NALT. We're going to show you the world to come now. See, what people did was, 
Now, this is, this is where people missed it. I don't believe they did it intentionally. They just don't know. And yet today, out of all these years, they still don't know. The door of faith has been opened unto you. See, people don't want, they don't want to receive. If you think the world to come is in your future, you have been mis misled. See, that's why people are still waiting on Christ to come. They think he's going to come in the world to come. So when people teach you this, what they say, I'm going to put over here uh, on this side, I'm going to put down here this, uh, I'm going to put it now, I'm going to put down here, that's where we're at now. No, I'm going to put time pass right there. And then now is, and then time to come. But, you, you, but you're doing that in 2022. Go back there in AD 60 and put now is. You'll be before the cross. Paul was a preacher, not before the cross, before the tribulation. If I said before the cross again, please say before the tribulation. That's what I mean, right? Right. Remember, Jesus, before the tribulation means before the flood. Jesus preached before the flood. He was as Noah was before the flood. Amen. All right. Before the flood. You ever heard mama say, you ain't going to worry me? Look at somebody say, you ain't going to worry me. Okay. Thank you. Hebrew chapter 6. Hebrew chapter 6, verse 1. We're going to read that at the NLT. That's why. Praise God. Verse number 1. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. What are the basic teachings about Christ? He's going to give them to you. You don't have to guess. So this you go to, you go to most churches, you'll hear the basic teaching about Christ. Repent. You got to repent, brother. You got to be baptized in water. They're still in basic teaching. They never came out of Acts. They never got to Acts. Hebrews chapter 6. The Bible going to tell you. So let us, let us stop going over the basic teaching about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting, do we? See, that's what they at. That's what Christ, this is what Christ preached to the church in the book of Revelation. 2,000 years ago, and folks are still preaching repentance to the church. And he'll get up in a minute and the church got to repent. They don't know swat, 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 swat. That's all I can say is real nice. That ain't what I want to say. Watch what it says. Surely we don't need to start again with fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. Because this is what whole folk at right now. You, need, you got faith in God. You got to have faith. See, he's preaching faith. And now people are caught up in it. How did, my, my message today is going to be how to get your stuff back. 
And everybody jump up. Hey, come on, Raul. I want, I'm, here to, I'm here to help you get your stuff back. When I left Mississippi, I left a whole lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, when I moved out of our old house, we left, we left a whole lot of stuff. I don't owe my stuff back. See, people preach stuff because they're dealing with your emotions. And you got somebody just came to church this morning. He said, preach it, Reverend. Preach it, Reverend. They'd hold up the service. Yes, Reverend. When we had good ushers, we used to have good ushers downstairs. They walk you out of here. Come in here and disturb my service. See, people got to understand, you don't let nothing disturb the word. And some people are just disturbances. You'll get me later. <laughs> They'll disturb everywhere you go. Watch what he says. Fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds. Placing our faith in God. You don't need further instruction about baptisms. Why are we still getting it? I'm waiting for my screen. Please put it on the screen because I want everybody to see what I'm saying. So let us stop going over the basic teaching about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again be fundamental and part of repenting from our evil deeds and placing our faith in God. That's all people tell me. God got a big thing. I mean, I seen him walk out on the stage there. He, he just, <laughs> we going to talk about the, God restoring your stuff. And everybody just come, hey, Reverend, restoring don't you know what reconciliation is? God has restored all things to you. Well, people get rich off of it because the church don't know. The church don't know what they did. Jump up and down and shout. And they just, come on, Reverend. <laughs> then you got the preacher in the poor pit. They'll come up and rub his back and pat him on the butt. <laughs> come on, Reverend. <laughs> See, people like that stuff. They'll tell you to slap somebody over there. And everybody come across there and pow. They call that church. If that don't get it, slap two or three people. Come on, y'all see this stuff, no one know what you're looking at. And that man over there in the organ, he paid, he paid to keep up. So when I get over on the preach and want to say nothing, did he take over? Then I just stand and look at you. He know what he's supposed to do. See it all the time. But for it is Hebrews chapter 6. Let me read that again. You don't need further instruction. We're in verse 3. You don't need further instruction about baptism. Just want to make sure they see on the screen. The laying on of hands. Now he's talking about to receive the Holy Ghost. Because there are churches still telling you receive the Holy Ghost. Take it. Take it, take it. The resurrection of the dead. People still telling you resurrection of the dead is coming. Every time they preach a funeral, we got to worry about it. Turn over to 2 Corinthians. Let me show you something. When the Lord comes. We're going to meet the Lord in there, Thessalonians. See, Thessalonians were to the people who met the Lord in there. We still preaching about meeting the Lord in there. 
You ought to know you can't fly. See, you still there. That's where you at. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go up like Jesus. No, you ain't. You already been raised from the dead. You already a new creation in Christ. That was their salvation. That's the whole point. Watch what it says. Eternal judgment. Judgment already happened. And people are still telling you judgment coming. Look, don't you believe Pastor Clump. The Bible told us in chapter 6, verse 1, we all got to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, let's, let's go to the Gospel of John 12, 31. Why are we here? Out of the NLT. Because it says here, it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who have once been enlightened, those who have experienced the good things of heaven shared in the Holy Ghost, who tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of the world to come. They tasted the good word of God and the power of the world to come. Now, this was A.D. 64. So they take the good word of God and the power of the world to come to tell you today it's still to come. No, it's not. What is he talking about anyway? They taste of the good word of God. They are, see, what Jesus fulfilled was Numbers chapter number 23. And in Numbers 23, I'm sorry, Numbers chapter 13, forgive me, and verse 23 and 24, when Israel went across, can you put that on the screen in the King James? Numbers chapter number, I know I'm saying a lot of things. We get, we get it all going. We got 10 minutes. We, we're tired of it. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 23, Israel had gone over to the promised land. What did they go to get? We're going to see it on the screen. Whenever we find Numbers chapter 13, verse 23. What did they go over there to get? They went over there to get an image. We're going to find Numbers 13, 23 in a minute. Just take a little time. Here we go. See, Israel went to get an image. An image is what the land has and what in it. They went to get a sample of where they were going. Numbers 13, 23 says, When they came to the valley of Eshcol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and that grape was so large that it took two men to carry it on a pole between them. Two men. They had to get a pole and cut one cluster of grapes. What do you see? What are you seeing? What are you seeing? What do, what do they carry on the pole? Help me. See, you don't know. That's what that's why we want to walk these pews. Ain't but one man you saw on the pole, that's Christ. I want you to think. If you just think, think about it. You better think. <laughs> Come on. Come on. They got one cluster grape on the pole and two men carrying it. What did they supposed to see? The image of Christ or the Ark of the Covenant. Can't you see what they did? They went and they got a sample of the land. We call this land Graceland. Sister Crumb gave you the word. I'm going to use that from now on. Because that's where they were headed to. God gave them a sample of where they were going. So when God gave you Christ, what did he give you? 
He gave you a sample of what you got coming. You don't have all what you got coming. You just got a sample. The Bible says he gave you a down payment of everything you got coming. And you're supposed to be able to say, look, when they came to Eskal, they had the care. Two men had to carry the grape on their shoulder, which is a type of the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant between them. They also brought back samples of pomegranates and figs. Now remember, everything is Christ. But they brought it back as a sample to show them how good the land really is. And the reason why they didn't go to the land, I'm waiting on the next verse. The reason why they didn't go to the land, they didn't believe. That they, all that they placed was called the Valley of Ascar, which means cluster. Everything was in clusters. Abundant. Somebody said cluster. Say abundant. Everything was in abundance. It wasn't just one fig. It was clusters. It wasn't one grape. It was clusters. It was so much over there until it was, you couldn't even carry it all. That's what God got for you. Come on, put my bus on the string. That place we call Eskar, which means cluster, because the cluster of grapes, the Israelite, the Israelite men cut there. They cut them down. There were so many that cut one, just cut one off the tree. You can't take, just cut one off and take it back. Now that's what Paul talking about in Hebrew. Chapter 6. They had tasted of the good word of God. They had tasted of the world to come. They had tasted of what God had for them. So why did God give you Christ? He just wants you to taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, you don't have everything God has for you. You only got one man. You got his son. But because he gave his son, everything else is waiting for you. He's letting you know you don't want to stay here. You don't want to live in sin. You don't want to die and go to hell. You will miss out on everything God got for you. Jesus is from above. John 8.23. Did you get them other ones I asked in John 8.31? Let's go to John 8.23, John 8.31. I said John 3, John 12, 31, thank you. John 12, 31, we're going to look at John 8, 23. Those are two things I need to see, okay? That's an easy to find, John. Okay. The time for judging this world. See, you, you, you listen to folk telling you it's in your future. Listen to what Jesus said. The time for judging this world has come. 2,000 years ago, when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. See, so if the world had not been judged, then Satan had not been cast out. That's why that lie spreads through false preachers. Why do God hate images? Why do God hate idols? Because you are saying, this is what God is like. So you got to ask yourself, when you look in the mirror, just think and I pray to God the Holy Ghost convict you. When you are born again believer, you look in the mirror, you're supposed to be able to say with confidence, this is what God is like. I guarantee you when they seen Jesus, they said, Jesus, show us the Father. He said, how long have I been with you? 
how long shall I suffer you? When you've seen me, you have seen the Father. When you look at that yourself in the mirror, do you see Christ or do you see the devil? Because you are an image of one of those. If you are proclaiming yourself to be a child of God and you have the spirit of the devil, you are an image of the devil. A devil always possess his image. Just like God always possess his image. If you are an image of God, the spirit of God possesses you. That's why people don't understand when they go bring images from other countries, the demon come with them. So when you portray yourself as a demonic figure, devils will follow you. If you have image of the devil, the devil will follow you. If you buy things that the devil, the devil, will, the devil always follows his image. Don't receive stuff from folk that's demonic. That's why I told you. Some of you don't get it yet. But I'm going to keep telling you as long as I'm your pastor. When you went to college, you went to the world of education. You didn't hear what I said. When you go to college, you go to the world of education. Well, there are professors. And then you have people who target you to try to get you to live like a Greek. Because if they can persuade you, you will bow. You cannot become a part of any of that stuff unless you bow. You got to bow and you got to commit to that before you become a member. So anybody who has been in sororities can tell you, the only way you can get in a sorority, you got to pay your allegiance. You got to bow and you got to pay your allegiance to that. When you did that, you disowned the very God that saved you. This ain't no game. How in the world I'm going to bow my knees to another woman and commit to her? I disown that woman. That's what Israel did when they worshiped idols. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And the only way you can be in that kind of stuff, you are into idolatry. Every one of those names it is nine of them, and everyone has a Greek God over it. And people are like, well, it ain't about nothing. It is. It is about something if you know God, because you are the very image of God. What do you think the devil wants? What do you think he wanted? What do you ask Jesus to do? Bow down and worship me. Your education will be yours. 
You don't have to bow down to no devil for your education. You were smart enough to pass in high school. You were smart enough to pass in college. You don't have to have. And see, some of you don't know that. You don't, you don't read. You got a Google in your hand, and it'll Google it till you find the truth. Nine gods over your sororities. That's why you have Jesus, the day he was crucified. It was the Greeks who came to him in John chapter 12. And told his disciples, sir, we want to see Jesus. Then you got to understand some of the Greeks, they worship other gods. They had Zeus. They had all these other demons, gods. You serve them gods, you serve them devils. And them spirits will hunt you. They'll hunt you all your life until you turn back to the living God. You cannot shoo them away. And if you don't turn around now, they'll hunt your children. And they'll go from generation to generation because you let them into the family line. This ain't no game. When I say things are not a game, it's not a game. You can't play with evil spirits. Israel lost Everything they had because they worship idols. God put it in the commandments. Thou shall have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not use the name of the Lord your God in vain. And yet you come to be a born again Christian and fall on your face and commit yourself to a Greek idol God. And you want to get mad with me because I'll tell you? I can't do nothing but tell you. But I can't make you change. I hope you don't just leave me and leave the ministry. You need me and you need the ministry. You just need the change. And you can't change unless you have God's word. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the, the, the Bible, let's do two verses, 17, 18, I'm done. I do at the NLT, I'm done. You can't change. You go to church all your life. You're just going to be one of the girls, one of the boys. That's what they used to say to us when we were going to work, one of the guys from the shop. I'm passing the church. And the boy recognized me as, what did I call you? I said, you can call me Pastor Crump. Yeah, that's one of the guys from the shop. That's all they know. One of the boys from the shop. Well, I'm not just one of the boys from the shop. That ain't good enough for me. If I go to college, when I did went to college, I didn't want to be just one of the, one of the boys from the shop. I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference in this world. When you read your storybooks in school, I want to look at that book and say, one of them going to be me one day. I'm going to make a difference. One day, you're going to talk about me when I'm gone. I'm going to tell you who the greatest pastor ever in Pontiac is. I'm not going to tell you. That Pastor Crump over there. 
I'm not doing that for, I just want to make sure that this gospel be preached. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, last two verses. I'm in the NLT. But whenever, in verse 16, but in when some, when, when, whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. You can't, you can't, you can't leave the blindness because you want to. You have to turn to the Lord. See, have you ever been in the vile with cult, cults and stuff like that? You can't get out of it. You just can't walk away. The Spirit won't just let you walk away. You have to turn to the Lord. Once you turn to the Lord, then the Lord defends you. Because now you're going into a place they can't come. I'm here to help you. I'm here for your deliverance. I'm telling you, I used to smoke dope when I was a young kid. Matter of fact, I was a young man before I was 30 years old for three and a half years. And one day I got to a place, I told God, I don't want this mess no more. As a matter of fact, I believe God was calling me into ministry, and I, and I was coming to ministry when I was 30, and I did not want to enter ministry at being smoking, smoking marijuana, sitting up in the pulpit like everybody else, smelling like cigarettes. God help me. It's time to change. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. When you turn to Christ, the veil is taken away. For the Lord, that spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. He the only one can set you free now. So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. You can't reflect the glory of the Lord until the veil is taken away. The blindness got to be removed from your heart. You committed yourself to something that wasn't God. How do I get out of it, Pastor? You walk away. But don't just walk away. You turn to him. And when you turn to the Lord, the Lord turned to you. And when he turned to you, the light from his countenance destroyed the powers of darkness that's been following you. Did you hear what I said? When you turn to the Lord, the Lord turned to you. And all the darkness and hell that's been following you in your past the brightness of his coming destroys those spirits from you. You just can't just, just can't leave sorority. You just can't leave being a Masonic and, a, and all this stuff. Well, I'm just a woman. I, I, I'm in mind. Yeah, you in your mess too. You need to come out of that stuff. You got to turn to the Lord. All of us who have had that very move can see and reflect now the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is sufficient makes us more and more like him as we change into the glorious image. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.